Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. What's first in our heart? And this verse says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Seek to understand what is seek. It means to aim or strive after. First, in order of time or sequence. Before I do anything else, first. What is up, everybody? So good to see those in the room. And welcome for those tuned in at home. Hopefully you're not driving watching this, but nevertheless, hello. I think God's got something big in store for us today, but it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt because we're like, is that true? We're taking 21 days in the Psalms, 21 days of prayer anywhere, that the soul work is the slow work. Turning 40 this past year, I'll let you boy. I was praying, asking God, hey, I'm in a new season. God, what, what do you want to say to me now? Looked up 40, 40 represents a generation. So I'm in a new generation I felt like he gave me language that said, you're in a new generation for the next generations. And he gave me an animal. The animal he gave me was a turtle. In my mind, figuratively, we literally don't have a turtle. Sorry, kids. They want one. Maybe. Maybe a turtle. We found a turtle. We have a pet turtle. Vicariously, it's in the pond next door. We returned it there. But that it's not about how fast I go if I want to be a mighty tree for the Lord a forest for Jesus Christ, that my root system has to get even more and more down, and not just for me, but for the next generations to come. So taking these times and, and, and to kick off 2021, it's not about how fast we can get through these Psalms. It's pausing. So before we go act and go do all this cool stuff this year, and Heaven and Lansing and love the city truck and what, how are we engaging in the schools? What does discipleship groups look like? Oh, okay, all that. But if our hearts aren't postured right and he doesn't have our first attention, our second, third, our last, everything, it doesn't matter what we do. We don't do it in the right posture with God. So let's posture this moment and that God's inviting us in he give us, he's given us a meeting request, and we're going to go to Psalm 14, because that's where we're at in our reading today. So Psalm 14 in just a moment. So today will be called Time in Psalm 14. We did this last week, a little exercise to be still. Let's do it again. Hardest, they say if you can master the art of being alone and being with yourself and accepting yourself, then you've mastered the art of life. So right now, let's take 60 seconds ish and pause to be still before God.
Amen. Some of us have felt like eternity, didn't it? How much more do we need it then? Before we read Psalm 14, it's very important to know that God loves you. He created you. He made you in his image. And I'm not sure your relationship with your earthly father, whether you have one or you don't have one, I think each of us can relate to never feeling like we add up. Am I ever good enough? Will I ever be good enough? And then who defines good? What is good? And today when we think of in the world to say what good is taking place, what standard are we comparing that to? Ours? Because then good is relative based on our perspective or opinion. Or is there a moral standard above us all that's orchestrated this whole thing being God? And if God is real and God did create each of us, which that's why we're here, we feel that, that's why we're tuned in, well, then he gets to decide what good looks like. This text is insanely humbling. We're going to read it and then inch along in it. Psalm 14, here's the picture today. It's, this psalm is a portrait of sinners. For the choir director of David, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Imagine if this was our worship songs we sang today. The Psalms being praises and prayers. They are corrupt. They do vile deeds. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the human race to see if there is one who is wise, one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become corrupt. There is no one who does good. Not even one. Will evildoers never understand? They consume my people as they consume bread. They do not call on the Lord. Then they will be filled with dread, for God is with those who are righteous. You sinners frustrate the plans of the oppressed but the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that Israel's deliverance would come from Zion. When the Lord restores the fortunes of his people, let Jacob rejoice. Let Israel be glad. Selah, for a moment. Pause, rest. Psalm 14. I didn't get to choose that this would show up on this Sunday, so this wasn't by choice. This probably wasn't even the message I would want to share. Let me just have on this amazing day today to tell everybody that there is no one good, no one in this room, no one watching, that we're all a portrait of sinners and compared to who God is. Wow, humble pie. Because instantly, we've been comparing. I don't know if you've noticed this, but we compare with culture how good is good. Well, you know, they're not that bad. You should really know their heart. Psalm 14 has a way of calibrating us. It's good for our soul to remember how God found us. Let's look at verse 1. It says, the fool says in his heart... There is no God. Well, we instantly 
will, as people, say, well, I'm here. I'm not saying there's no God, so I'm not a fool. But before God, God found us, did we go find him or he found us? And for all of us, thinking about our story, it was God's love that was finding us, pursuing us, drawing us in. It's God's love that brought us here today. It was God that initiated this. It's not that we loved him first, but that he first loved us. That's really good news. Because what that means is I don't have to be smart enough to figure out how to find God. He's smart enough to figure out how to find me. But I do have to be smart enough to admit the condition that I identify with this as a fool in my heart that there is no God. Now, for some of us, we can think back as young. We, we might have believed in God as early on, but that was still by his grace. It was his grace breathing that into us. It was his grace that was giving us the opportunity to even have faith. And for people that say there's no God, here, here's where the debate comes. You know, for so long, people of faith have been, uh, it's been people of faith versus people of science. That, can there be more options? I love watching scientists. It's the coolest thing in the world, what they're discovering. We think that somehow that now that, that, that it disproves our faith, we would want to learn anything about the one who created everything. And, and science is just studying what, what is happening, what is taking place. To, to look at patterns and if there's meaning and origin. And what happens is we keep seeing that there's structure. There's so much order to everything. To me, that continues to point to God. So you can be a scientist or you could be somebody who doesn't care about science at all, but all of us are without excuse. Why? Romans 1 puts it so beautifully. We can't quantify and understand all of the power of God, but Romans 1, this, this passage is another humble pie moment. Let's eat this humble pie cake today. For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godly, godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them. So the question is, has God shown himself real to every person? For his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature have clearly been seen since the creation of the world, being understood that what he has made as a result, people are without excuse. What's, what Romans 1 is claiming is this, that when you go out and you see creation, that that's enough proof that there's a God. I know as people, we want to have all the answers. Who doesn't? Our parents told us as kids, why? Because I said so. <laughs> you don't need to know everything. But yet when we get older, something happens. God, prove yourself real to me. <laughs> and if you don't, there's no God. This is how we mock God. This is what we this is what we do. We mock him. And Romans 1 is like, <laughs> okay, slow down, little buddy. You go and look outside. Each one of you 
know that there's a God. Just look at creation. And when you go for a walk or you start to marvel on creation, there is this reverence that there has to be something more. It's profound. It's this mystery, this calling. Oh my goodness, there is so much order. And it points to God. Well, check how this happens in Romans 121. It continues, for they, for though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of God for the immortal God or they, cha- they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. Therefore, God delivered them over in the desires of their hearts. Remember, the fool says in their heart, there is no God. Friend, pause. How much do you trust your own heart? We give ourselves too much credit. To sexual impurity so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served what has been created instead of the creator who is praised forever. Amen. What Romans 1, I, I, I think it's a great connection point for, for right there in Psalm 14.1. Because it says in, in Romans 1 that God exists. Look. But because of the sin in our heart, we'd rather choose to worship what has been created than the creator. And and this is the, the, the fundamental story of the whole Bible. That the very thing we were called to rule over that now is ruling us. You see this play out in all types of religions and all across the world where there's images, carved images of, of people or animals, and then possessions, and we start to worship those possessions. Do I got enough money? <laughs> Do I got enough things? Oh, look, let's, let's bow down to the statue. Because, you know, I, and I really believe this, that humility is built into the, pro, the, the, whole, the whole program and the process. That, that weakness is built into the equation. Why? Because you and me can't figure God out, and that makes us mad in our own heart. We would rather choose to decide what we can control and figure that out. Mm, I can control this land. I can control this statue. I can control what's created. And then, and therefore, I'm turning my attentions on, uh, 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 from the immortal God, and I'm putting all of my attention and my affection wrapped up in what I can control. And what we, what we can't control is the, 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 the full vastness of heaven, of God. We can't even control it. So, okay, weighty a little bit. Take a deep breath. Uh, let's, go, let's go to verse 2. It says, the Lord looks down from heaven on the human race. I love this. He's recruiting. Who's going to be on my team? Imagine this. The Trinity's up there. Having the community. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Look, we created them in our image, in our likeness. Who we got? Who are we going to get? Who's on the squad? Dream team. Hashtag. So he looks down on the human race to see if there is one who is wise, one who seeks God. You ever tried out for a team? You know how humble it is. Or 
tried out for a play or a choir. Did you make it? You look up, first roll or whatever. Are you on the team or not? And they invite you in the, the coach's office. They sit you down. And they, they, it's almost like the coach gets excited for that moment. They love that, you know, we, we've looked it over. We've talked it over. We just want to tell you, you've made the team. I'm like, dang, you could have told me, you know, I mean, that 30 seconds with my heart beating through my chest. Imagine sitting in God's office for a moment. Did we make the team? Hey, God, look, look down. Look at us, look at us. We're here, we're here, we're here, we're here. Well, verse three, it says, all have turned away. That's what God finds. All alike have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Here's the wrestle right now, right here. Some of our souls are screaming, but, 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 come on, but. I'm not as bad as that person. I'm not a serial killer. I haven't done this. We didn't sign off on the Holocaust. We're not, we weren't there when slavery took. No, 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 no. Not one. No one. All of our hearts, the wickedness. What's wrong with the world? What is wrong with the world? What is wrong with the world? Where did all the bad come from? You don't have to look far. Just look in the mirror. What's wrong with the world is me. It's you. So when Jesus shows up on the scene, he's like, hey, hey, look, everyone can come to me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But hey, by the way, even if, if you've committed, uh, uh, if you've lust after somebody in your heart, it's like committing adultery. If you've had hate in your heart, it's like having murdered your brother. What he's saying is there's an even playing field. He raises the bar so high. There's not a sacrifice enough that will ever get you back into the comforts with heaven. And if you stay, come on, lean in. If you stay with this moment, by the end of this, it's going so good because this grace of God that he would not find one person good, this is why we pray so loud. This is so powerful that he would resurrect dead people. Well, the natural question is, no one's seeking you, Lord. Why do you say so many times, seek, like, seek and you'll find me or seek after the whole idea of understanding seeking God has first been breathed by God to even have the ability to seek. That me and you can't seek on our own. We wouldn't. We've, we've not just went away from God. We've become enemies of God. This is, this, is, this is so cool because Christianity is unlike every other religion. Because every religion is kind of like, oh, you got to do this, do that. And then Christianity gets picked up every once in a while. Well, I can, if I get on the dream team, if I serve here, if I go here. No, no, no. Look. Look, our works are byproducts. They're, they're displays of what's already taken place in us, but we will only be fit, saved by faith through Jesus Christ alone. It's the grace of God, grace of God. It's a gift of God. That's really cool because that means I don't have to score enough points. I don't have to try out that Jesus did it, but we're not there yet. We're still here. God can't find one, not one of us good. Verse four and this, this evil doing that takes place in our own heart, they will consume my people as they consume bread. They do not call on the Lord. This is how, how has the wickedness in our day gotten so bad that people would sex traffic, people would put different people in prison wrongly, people would find gain and greed at the cost of anybody. People would, would, would do the most horrific crimes that are unspeakable, not just for unsolved mysteries, that it compounds not just individual crimes, but, but 
corporate crimes, national crimes that's been compounding for thousands of years, wickedness on full display, eating it just like bread. Why? Because it's just the evil response being unchecked. We do not call on the Lord. And we then pick up on our soapbox, we get on it, we're like, world, you're evil, you didn't call on God. Well, I hope before we preach, we remember how evil we were before God found us. Before we get on that soapbox, hey, everyone, you're horrible, just want to tell you how bad you are. Because we're not kind of saying, we would never sign off that we say it like that, but it kind of feels like that's what we're saying. I just want to tell you how bad you are. You're on your way, Sodom and Gomorrah, fire and judgment's coming, the whole world will perish, bow now or bow later. I believe bow now or bow later, but by the way, I was saved by a God that found me when I was nothing, when I was no one, when I was dead, when I couldn't do one good thing and he gave me life. Am I letting that good news permeate the power of my life and then inviting every single person in for every tribe, every nation, he's the God of the broken, that people can be made brand new, every, right? And city life, come on, this is fundamental who we are. Love the city. It goes on to continue and says, um, verse five, then they will be filled with dread for God is with those who are righteous. You sinners frustrate the plans of the oppressed, but the Lord is his refuge. That's where these psalms, the psalms end so cool. That God would paint this picture of this, this portrait of humanity. That we're all dead. No one's good. But yet that salvation is going to come up from him. Verse 7. Oh, that Israel's deliverance would come from Zion. When the Lord restores the fortunes, fortunes of his people. This is where it gets a little challenging. No one in this room that I know of is from Israel. Do you ever hear Bible stuff and then you don't understand Bible stuff? Okay. That God would raise up a nation where this people group, he would be their God. He would be different. What would be different about this people group is God. Well, I thought God created us all. He did. But it's key to remember, we all fell away. We didn't choose God. Worship team, if you guys could come up to the stage. We're going to go somewhere really cool at the end, I believe. He's going to make a way. But feel the gravity for a moment. That he created each one of us in his likeness, in his image. It was perfect. He said, hey, this whole world is yours. Be like me. Go rule. Take dominion. Do it. It's all your playground. But there's just one tree. Just don't eat from it. Why, Dad? Why? Because I said so. If you eat, and then he, he humors us. He says, if you eat from it, you'll surely die. And then the very thing they were supposed to rule over, the story, it's a beautiful narrative, captive, captive, Captives, uh, captivates our attention as a, as a movie would. That the serpent being cunning and crafty and enticing starts to say, 
did God really say if you eat from that tree? No, you know why God said if you eat from that tree? You know why? Because you'll be like him and he doesn't want to make you like him. See, the devil's voice is always trying to give us power and false control. We will never have ultimate control. We can't. We should still discover every new advancement we can find. Let's study galaxies. Let's study the, the, the biology, the makeup, this whole world. Let's study it all. But at the end of the day, we will always find there's a gap that we don't understand God. But there's a mystery that we see there had to be a creator. This is too awesome. It takes more faith to believe that there's not a God in my opinion. It takes, I mean, we should just pause. If someone says there's no God, be like, dude, that's crazy. You are like, the, you are the most faith person ever. When people say Christians are faith, they're so obvious that there's a God. But what is also so obvious that there's evil that we can't be good enough to get to God. These things started to work an equation in my head. I'm not good enough. I know there's God. I'm feeling this guilt. Why do I have this moral conviction? What's going on in me? Christopher, will you play something real quick? Just kind of rob or, you know, play a little guitar. I, I want to preach feeling a little vibe behind me real quick and uh, play a little something. Would bless me. There we go. There's this, uh, it's called the Romans Road. Um, so Israel being, okay, we fell away. And then Israel is the people God raises up. Literally, Abraham, the 12 tribes, Israel, and then moving forward, this nation, they're so different because God's saying, hey, look, I'm what's different about these people. But where Israel started to then miss it is that everyone was included, every tribe and every nation. Gentiles would be included. Everybody. And you could just imagine if you'd been the elite, you start to say, those scumbags are coming? No way. These people are dirtballs. We wouldn't say this publicly, but we, we say it privately in our heart. No way. That person, they're horrible. That person's wicked. Did you see what they did? Did you see what they posted? I think they do this at home. I don't, do they even read their Bible? You know, we just get all our whole list of things. God starts to include then the Gentiles. And how does that take place? Well, Mount Zion in Psalm 14, it says, how could Israel rejoice? You know, Mount Zion, God revealed himself real. In Mount Sinai, Mount Zion, in this Zion being the, the city, the place where God has now restored people. He came close to man. Well, this fulfills all the way in Jesus. And there's this, this, this thing known as the Romans road. The how do we then get close with God? Well, let's remember in Romans uh, 3, 23, all have sinned. We all fall short. Romans uh, 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. We all ate from the tree. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 5.8, God demonstrated this, that his own love towards us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Here's where it gets really cool. And even when you read Romans, it'll feel like Psalm 14. Psalm 14 is just, what, seven verses? Romans, the first five chapters, you want to feel like you are, aren't doing anything good. Read Romans, the first five chapters. I mean, you will feel the gravity of depravity, the wrath of God. But it's really good for you. Just like time out for our kids every once in a while. It's really good. You don't have to know why. Just go in your room. Be quiet for a second. I think some of us need a time out. Because it wasn't us that found God. It was God who found us. And he said this, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 10.9. 
And then if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. What? Oh my goodness, I like it. They included a suggested prayer. So since we use their graphic, we'll, we'll, we'll read this prayer as well. It says, God, I confess that I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that my sins have separated me from you and that I deserve the punishment of death. This is key. But thank you that you gave your son, Jesus, to take my punishment on the cross. I now put my trust in the sacrifice that I, that he made for me and I received the forgiveness of my sins through him being Jesus. Thank you for hearing my prayer and help me to now live for you. All right, let's wrap. Who makes the team? Nobody. Nobody. But because of Jesus, anybody and everybody. This is beautiful. The portrait of sinners is quite tragic. It's worse than any evil we've ever seen evil that's just in us that separates us from a holy God and yeah you know the, the, the works we do on this life there will be rewards and, e and even consequences and, um, but the gift of salvation is free and we can't earn it so when it comes to getting being made right with God he came down from the mountain and he got close with his people he's the way maker He's the miracle worker. He's the promise keeper. He's the light in the darkness. He's our God. And the invitation as we close is to worship. And why worship? Because we can't fully figure it out. It's a praise, just like the psalm is. It's a prayer. And God, we start to say, you know what? I feel heavy. I feel darkness. God, today's been good in Psalm 14 to remember that there was no one good. But like David, when you do something in my heart, I can be a man after your own heart. I can be a woman after your own hearts. And now I can do good because I'm in the Father who is good. And my works can stay and last because now we do them in your name. That now I'm not casted out. That it's not just Israel that you have, but now there's a literal representation that I can come in and be engrafted as well. That I have access. You've been hearing this in a few different weeks, I've said, but you know, we, we'll say, God, I'm so mad at you that there's only one way. Instead of saying, God, I thank you that there's even a way. I pray that we worship God, remembering that he made a way and he's doing it today. And whatever we're carrying, let us rejoice and be glad because he found us through Jesus. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.